what it is, yo. What's up? The show's Real Talks Boys, Deontay Smith. Kagan and I are here with our QB review and preview for week three. Buy, sell, and hold, guys. Uh, we're not going to hold you guys long. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Hey, what's up, Kagan? How's it going, Tay? Pretty good, pretty good, man. Glad to have you on for another week. Yeah, it's always nice to be on. All right, man. Let's hop right into it. Let's talk about our quarterback. Uh, I guess it would be our, our, our quarterback teams. So, uh, right now I'm up on you. Ten, I'm 18, 10, and 1. Your record is 10, 19, and 1. Uh, what was your biggest problem last week? Uh, I'd say for me, week two, uh, biggest problem was really our, our head-to-head. I went 3 and 5. In our head-to-head matchups, you went five and three. Uh, lost a few that I kind of thought were going to be some easy wins for me. Uh, one of those being Baker in Carolina against the Giants. I don't think I expected Daniel Jones to win that one. Uh, I didn't expect uh, Kyle Murray to beat uh, Oakland or Las Vegas just based on what I saw from week one. I thought you know, that would be a game that would go in my favor that did not. So, you know, I'd say the head-to-head. Uh, Burrow being 0-2 through two weeks is not good for me. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, last week uh, last week was a rough week for me. Yeah, I, didn't, I did not see that coming. Um, I definitely expected to lose that, uh, that Kyler versus David Carr matchup just because – the game looked like it was out of hand for a while. And um, he comes storming back, and they win um, with a fumble recovery for touchdown in the uh, yeah in overtime, which is pretty good. So we got a couple head-to-heads this week. Uh, Mariota versus Geno. How do you like your chances? Uh, I, I, like what, uh, I like what I've seen out of the Atlanta offense. Um, I thought they fought back really well last week against the Rams. And the defense is playing a lot better than I think people uh, realize or even thought they would. Uh, Dean Pease, you can really tell his system is kind of starting to click second year in Atlanta. So I like I like Mariota in this one. Gino hasn't impressed me. They haven't opened it up for him. Uh, so I feel like they're a little one-dimensional. You know, I think they caught uh, Denver off guard the first game. A lot of emotions, a lot of hype around that game. So I feel like that one you just kind of – got to throw out but last week I felt like was kind of like a true interpretation of what we're going to see from Seattle hey well I will tell you that uh I got a lot of faith in my boy Gino as long (laughs) as they lean on that running game man just need to lean on that running game against him we'll see we'll see all right man so who we got next up we got Ryan and Mahomes next uh I I, I'm definitely giving you that one absolutely Uh, Mahomes you know uh, Ryan sitting zero and one and one. You can really <laughs> tell they're hurting, not having uh, Darius Leonard on the other side. I know what did what did he change his name to? Didn't didn't he uh, just Shaq Leonard? Shaq Leonard, yeah. So uh, that defense is definitely hurting on that side. So I think uh, I think Mahomes is going to be able to pick them apart. I uh, definitely agree. So that's another one for me. So I'm two and zero in that. It's a four, in my opinion. One and one. But, All right. Okay. So now we got Josh <laughs> Allen versus Tua. Uh, I'm gonna give you that one. You know, I felt like really confident with this one. Uh, you know, Josh Allen was my first pick. I was really surprised he was there for me with the second <laughs> pick. Um, but. You know, as I was watching these games today for college football, I noticed and saw on the bottom line that Buffalo is going to be without four starters on defense. And, like, I mean, honestly, two of them are starting cornerbacks and two of them are starting defensive line. So, I mean, that could open things up for Tua in that offense. So, I feel like that one could still go either way. I'm a little I'm a little concerned about that one. I'd say I'm, like, you know, I was probably, like, 85% leaning my way before today, now I'm probably like 65% leaning my way. <laughs> I, uh, so, all right, you're a betting man. The spread is currently four and a half. The Bills are the favorite. And the over under is 53 points. 
What are you taking against the spread? Or are you taking over under? Oh, I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over all day. I don't know, man. Especially without the defensive guys being – I mean, that's big. you got to guard Tyreek Kill and Jalen Waddle without your two starting cornerbacks. And Micah Hyde is out for the season. So that's one true. of your best safeties. That's tough. And two of your defensive linemen. So you're not going to – you know, what's the pressure going to look like on two of He's so got all day. If he's got all day to sit back there, man, it could be a shootout. Wow, that's that's something I don't want. Um, yeah, because Allen's going to win that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I think uh, the four and a half. I think the Dolphins can cover. Okay, I think they can cover there. All right, let's move on to the next. Lamar, pay that man Jackson versus Mac Jones. <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like that one's a coin flip. Uh, I, I agree. I, I think, you know, Lamar, they definitely looked good last week, uh, you know, and they still got the loss, you know, from a freak comeback from Tua. I mean, that was career game for Tua. Uh, so, I mean, he could easily win this one, but, you know, it's hard to count Belichick out. Mac Jones is a pretty good quarterback. Uh, he's playing pretty smart in his second year. Uh, you know, he was banged up, so we'll see how that goes, but. Yeah, it's all about slowing Lamar down, um, but it's definitely a toss-up. So we got uh, Stafford versus Murray for the first time this season, and I'm going to lean with uh, with Murray. <laughs> I would no, lean, honestly, I would lean the other way. I would lean. Uh, yeah, honestly, I think it's going to be a Stafford. Um, just, I just don't think that Cardinals offense is clicking yet. I agree. You I know. need Greg Dorch to click. Um, I'm having my flex. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Kyler just – I don't know, man. He, he's gotten paid, and he doesn't look worthy at all. I mean, it was impressive what he was able to do to bring his team back uh, last week. But you right. can't you, – all of his – all of their successful offensive plays seem to come on broken down uh, defenses. And, yeah. and guys that play amazing defense, such as uh, the back end of the Rams, and now you have a lot. You know, a lot. I, I haven't, yeah. I haven't watched many of their. Have you watched any of their games? I really haven't been able to watch any. So I've seen some highlights, but it, so I watched like the the game in sixty. Yeah. So it's basically uh all the key. Well, it's play. It's, it's almost every play. Right. And um, something I just see a lot of him making it, improvising. Making it happen. So I, I look at, you know, I, like I said, I haven't watched any of it, but I've looked at the box scores from those games, and, like, this box score tells me, and, again, correct me if I'm wrong because you said you've watched some of them, but it kind of shows me that, like, his offensive line isn't that great. Like, Zach Ertz is his leading receiver target-wise, I think. And, yeah. you know, Marquise Brown is really – not showing up a, like the way I thought he would in the box score. So to me, I'm kind of like maybe he doesn't have time to push it downfield to Brown. So he he's doesn't. like doing a lot of checkdowns and running around for his life back there. But I haven't watched, so I can't like confirm that. But I just what I've seen highlights of, I'm like, man, he hasn't looked great. No, he hasn't. And uh, I think a lot of that is is definitely O line play, and the defense hasn't been great either. Um, they're along no. close to 400 yards a game, no. um, which is ridiculous. Uh, if you want to – I mean, you can't allow that in, in that division. There's a lot of offense in that division. Yeah. But I do believe uh, – you just – I don't know. They're not – they don't have it all. Um, and your leading receiver for the season can't be Greg Dorch. Right. Um, but maybe that's a good indication for what uh, – for Rondell Moore's role could be once he returns in that slot receiver spot. Also, I'm going to cut you off real quick and go ahead go and ahead. apologize because I cannot get one of my dogs to cooperate. So she's like sitting here at my feet. <laughs> so if you hear like random noises, like, it's probably her. Like, oh, it's her, her ears just now. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do apologize to all the listeners out there. Oh, no, it's all good. It's all good. So now we, uh, we have a couple games versus ourselves. We usually know how that goes. Uh, so a couple games we have versus nobody, and that just uh, neither of our teams, our, our quarterbacks, will be facing. 
and a po- an opponent that uh, is on the opposite team. You have Joe Burrow versus the Jets. How do you feel about that? Uh, I would like to say I feel pretty good about that one. Uh, I am 0-2 on the year against nobody, so and that was one of my struggles last, last year. Season, you know, yeah. I lost a lot of games against nobody. And that really, you know, that really adds up because you really want to get wins out of those because it's a good way for, like, when you're against nobody, it's a good way to get a win against maybe a team that you have a quarterback on that's missing a week or something. Mm-hmm. So it's a good way to get a win without getting a loss. And, you know, we kind of skipped over those uh, versus ourselves matchups because those are usually split. You have three, so you're going to go three and three. I have right. four, so, you know, I should go four and four. But – Looking at one of those, you know, I have Herbert versus Lawrence. If they sit Herbert this week, oh, that's I could potentially a get a win out of Lawrence yeah. without getting a loss from Herbert. That would be, you know, a stretch, but it'd be also. It would uh, be a stretch, <laughs> but it's a possibility. It is. Uh, given Chase Daniels a uh, track record. <laughs> so, I, so I feel like uh, this Pittsburgh Browns. Uh, which happened Thursday night. That was a really good spot for Trubisky. And um, it was really disappointing to get that loss on the board. So I think when you and I drafted, you said he was going to start all year. Uh, yeah. I think you took him in – let's see. Where did you take him? You took him, like, middle of the pack. Yeah, like you took him ahead of guys like Ryan Tannehill and Carson Well, I don't Nets. expect to make it. And, and Daniel Carson Jones Wentz. and Baker Mayfield. <laughs> so anyway, you know, are you still confident that uh, he's going to be the starter all year? It's looking more and more bleak every week, man. <laughs> um, I really wish. If it, I feel like it'd be a different story if they had, were able to get that uh, that victory last week or yeah. Thursday night, um, because then you're, you're heading in, you're two and one rather than one and two. Right, and you're not really cushion. Yeah, you're not. They're not panicking. Um, yeah, he now he can extend plays with his legs, which is very great. Um, given the circumstances behind the offensive line, so he's he's extending plays, giving his guys a chance. But I just don't see him starting uh, Wednesday by week because he may not even make the bye week. That's actually a good question. I don't. I don't know what his bye week is. I just don't see him making it, um, especially whenever I'm on Twitter and I see they're calling for calling for his job. I'm like, dang, dog. They were, they were some chanting. They were chanting for Kenny Pickett in the second game in week two. Yeah, I can't have that. The whole crowd was chanting Kenny Pickett. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely not seeing it the bye week. Yeah, I don't think so. But I mean, look, we've we've had some pretty pretty significant injuries early on, though. I mean, Dude. so I mean, you know, even if he doesn't start a whole lot, like I've I've now lost Trey Lance for the whole season. So this is true. you know, Lance is out. So I was able to get one win and one loss from him before that. Um, so you know, who knows? And for those of you listening who may not have listened to the other ones, I also drafted Watson, who I won't even get a start out of until you know week thirteen or something like that. Right. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, there's still – that so hurts. Could, you can get I a can few more wins bring, out of him. Exactly. Man, I could definitely uh, stack the wins because that's what it all comes down to. Uh, yeah. This is a win and loss type of competition. Um, we, we try to win percentage, but win percentage really isn't as fair as uh, win and losses. That's just straight up raw. Right. But yeah. I need to get. I, I really don't want Dak to rush back, but for the sake of wins, I wouldn't mind that he hurries back. Yeah, they. Uh, I don't think they'll rush him back. I don't. I think they'll take their time with him. It's that's not know. what Jerry's saying, man. I mean, he's saying that, but I think if he's ready, he'll go. Obviously, but they're not going to put him out there if he's not like a hundred percent. If they're winning, which they might win this week. That's a good chance. So speaking of uh, speaking of winning this week, I had a pretty good shot at a uh, at a four leg parlay. I took the over under on the the Gators versus uh, the Volunteers of sixty three points. I got that. 
Okay. I took the under on um, on Duke versus Kansas. Got that one. I took plus 17 uh, against the spread. Um, Wolverines versus Maryland. I mean, versus the Turpins. You want to know which who blew it for me? Man. JRP. The UFC nights, man. Oh my god! What do you what do you I take took there? Over fifty-seven. Oof. Ooh, idiot. Oof. Well, you know it's funny you mention that because Ashton <laughs> and I this week we started. Uh, we were like, look, if we're gonna get in this thing, we're thinking about getting in this league with Colby. For those of you not listening, our, our buddy Colby is in a college pick'em that he does year round. It's got some. It's a pretty large pool. It's got some pretty decent payouts. And, Thank you. Uh, so anyway, they pick 10. You could pick any 10 games for that week, whatever you want, you know. And so me and Ashton were talking, and I'm like, all right, if we're going to get in this next year, we got to do some practice. So we started the day, and it's like me, her, my dad, and her dad. And we all just made like 10 random picks. And I went six and three and one. I had one push, and I was so mad because I was like, no. But I'd also, I also, my 10 games, I did Florida and UT over, which I got. Uh, I did Wake Forest at plus seven and a half. Mm-hmm. I did the over on the Baylor-Iowa State game. What was that set at? 50-something? 45 when I got when 45? I looked at it. Yeah. Uh, I did the USM two-lane over. At 48 and a half. They barely got that. <laughs> Nail biter uh, dog. Yeah. I hate uh, that. I did Ohio State, Wisconsin. I did uh, the over on that. And then I did Rutgers, Iowa over. The Rutgers, Iowa over was only at 34. And, like, I get they're both terrible, but, like, come on. No, man. Iowa really – Grounds and pounds. I uh, I took them on the under last week. Nah. Blew it, but they are they they are very uh they're trying to get the hell out of dodge whenever they yeah. are on offense. Yeah, minimize your your uh, possessions. Yeah, there. What was the what what was the uh the point spread for the LSU New Mexico game? You guys covered? Uh no. Yeah, we covered. It was 31 and a half. 31 oh, and a half. Okay, 38 and nothing. Yeah. That game. Ashton, How do you think? Ashton actually, uh, she took uh, New Mexico with those points, and I was like, that wasn't smart. <laughs> how, late, how late in the fourth did you guys score? Uh, you know, honestly, I start watching. Uh, we put Nussmeyer in when we were up. 31 to nothing, I think, in the third. And I think he scored. I really don't think we scored in the fourth. No, there was a – oh, I see it. It was a 57-yard pass. That's the one Nussmeyer threw. It was cool. in the fourth? Okay. Yeah, it was in the fourth. I nice. didn't know that was in the fourth. I uh, I thought that was, like, late in the third. Because I was, like – I wasn't – you know, I wasn't paying attention. I was watching that Texas A&M Arkansas game, actually. And uh, but we had the LSU game on in our bedroom, and I was like walking back and forth, just like checking it out. And I saw that Nussmeyer threw a 57 yard touchdown, and I was like, Wait, did Daniels get hurt, or are they just playing? It came, it See, came your, like your right dropped. at the start, yeah. So it was like 13 minutes and 14 seconds in the fourth quarter. For some reason, I thought it was like the end of the third. I know we're, we're getting it. Beside the point, but how'd you like uh, how Arkansas looked versus Texas A&M? They, I mean, so look, Texas A&M was my push. I took them minus two, and it was oh. exactly minus two, so I got lucky on that missed field goal. <laughs> but I mean, I thought Arkansas was actually the better team. I yeah. mean, they, you know, turnovers and penalties late cost them. Uh, you know the. KJ Jefferson, you know, the the lunge trying to get into the end zone really hurt. Yo, especially yeah. considering they returned that for a touchdown. Heads up play by AM. Probably the craziest play in college football outside of that Hill Mary by App State so far this year. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, 
I thought I definitely thought Arkansas was the better team, and I hate saying that because I hate Arkansas. It's I do too. It's my brother's and his family's like favorite team, and I just I hate. It. So I was like, when they miss that field goal, I was like, ha, yes. Man. I've never seen a miss field goal like that either. No, not the top. It literally hit the very top of the upright. Yeah, it just wasn't meant to be. Uh, but I, I, early in the year, I was like, KJ Jefferson's going to make a case for the Heisman, and um. This would have been a great opportunity for him to, because uh, you got to think uh, at that point in the game, be, would it have been his second rush, no, his first rushing touchdown, and he would end the game with two rushing t- TDs and two passing TDs if yeah. he ain't got that touchdown. So that uh, is tough, but uh, I don't know how they bounce back. It's going to be tough. You know, I, I text you. Everyone was really giving A and M a tough spot, you know. And uh, I text you and was like, "Honestly, them losing could have been the best thing to happen to them." Yeah, because it might wake them up. And then like for Bama, yeah. And then honestly, if they run the table, I mean, I, not likely, but if they run the table, they're in the national championship game. Back in it, there's no way they leave a one loss SEC champion out of the. Playoff, you know, maybe not national championship game, but playoff. Sorry, playoff for sure. You know, but obviously that would mean they're beating Bama and Georgia, and I don't think that's likely. No, not not at this point. So, all right, let's talk about uh, some buy sell, and you. I'm not holding anybody. You plan to hold anybody? Was this all buy or sell? Um. I'm holding two, I think. All right, two. Uh, and and I'm, I'm looking at, like, you know, for the most part, one of them. Well, we'll get into it in a minute. We'll get into it in a minute. Well, let's go ahead and start with Tua. Um, are you buying or selling Tua? I am selling. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I think especially now he's coming off career game. You know, Tyreek Hill and Waddle were all over, and everyone's like, yes, this is what we're going to see for the next few years and the rest of the season. But I really I, – I think that was like – you know, you're looking at a plot chart. I think that's the one little dot that's going to be over there by itself. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to be, you know, continuous going forward. Uh, now, granted, that doesn't mean he won't play well. Uh, but I think if you're getting some better offers and you have the chance to sell them, that I would, you know, so. So we are on the same page. Uh, I'm definitely selling to a, um, all because I don't believe his, his, uh, his ceiling cannot get any higher than it currently is. Right. And then you have to think about his next couple of opponents. He's going to be facing uh, Buffalo. He's going to be facing Cincinnati. Gonna be facing the Jets, which is a it's a soft matchup. Minnesota is looking kind of soft. Yeah. Um, Minnesota is pretty solid. Detroit's defense is more impressive than they uh, the numbers say. Chicago still has a pretty good back end. Um, so it is easy to sell to a after this this game versus Buffalo. Um, he's currently an MVP candidate in some some talks. <laughs> um, but I do expect him to regress. His touchdown rate is double his career high, so he's not going to be able to sustain that. He's going to regress in the mean. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, ESPN scored. He scored. I mean, this is uh, his two weeks in still, but you know, first week fourteen point eight, second week thirty eight point eight. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a career day. He's not going to. You know, I don't see him repeating that. Now, speaking speaking of one. career days, speaking of career days, the last time he played this well was Week Seven last season versus the Falcons, where he threw two ninety one and four yeah, touchdowns. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but point being, let's get back on topic here. Uh, he, uh, I think Week One is more like realistic for him. Fourteen point right. eight points, you know, high two hundred yards, maybe low. 300s with the touchdown or two, um, you know, which is a serviceable QB. But I mean, if you have someone who 
is maybe a Dolphins fan in your league or an Alabama fan who really likes Tua and they're chomping at the bit to acquire him and you're getting a good return for it, absolutely take it. Yeah, I mean, in most leagues, you can stream a quarterback unless, like, unless you just have some crazy QB scoring. For the most part, you can stream a quarterback. So if you don't have anybody to replace him with or you're not getting anybody to replace him with in that trade, who cares <laughs> if you're getting yeah. good if you're getting a good return you know that's what I mean? true yeah i just think uh this week two is going to balloon his numbers yeah all right so patrick mahomes is he a buy or sale uh i i would have uh pat mahomes so you said buy sell or hold this is one of my holds okay um, I'm not buying him because I think, you know, I, I don't think you'd get the, the, you know, I think you'd have to give up too much to get him. I think people are still pretty high on him. That's true. Uh, so I don't think you're going to be able to buy him at a good price. But I also think if you're in a better league, you're probably not going to be able to sell him at a good price. But like, I mean, he's still sitting at QB6, I think, once you yeah, he's still sitting at QB six on the year, which is pretty good. And they really haven't been that impressive on offense. So no. I'm holding him, you know. He hasn't been he's he's not playing his best football, which I think he's gonna get better. So I'm holding. I am selling Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Uh the reason why is while the team is rolling, um, after this week versus Indy, he gets a little bit rougher. He's going to be facing Tampa, who has a great front seven. He's going to be facing Vegas, who uh, can score just as well as them. He's going to be going against Buffalo and San Francisco. And this is all before the bye and uh, in week eight. So you got a couple of tough matchups. Then he has a bye. So that's almost – I would give – it's tough with Patrick Mahomes because he's the offense. Yeah, the <laughs> offense revolves around him. Yeah. But I still would have to sell him because – Everyone seeing how well they're playing, and that is probably as good as he's gonna get. Because as it gets later in the year, he, he seems he seems to wane um, yeah. later in the year. He burned me last year, so I'm no fan of him right now. <laughs> so I, I definitely uh, truth speaks. But a couple things: if you do hold him, he's the offensive line is playing well uh, around him. He's only had, had one sack. No interceptions. Um, but the reason he, I don't like him over the – yeah. Uh, no, I thought he had an interception week one, but he did not. No, never mind. And the reason, I, the reason I don't like the next couple of weeks versus Tampa, Vegas, Buffalo, and San Fran is we've seen Patrick Mahomes do too much. Anytime he's had to do too much, it has gone sour. And uh, these are prime opportunities for him to be out there doing way too much. And I don't need that kind of stress on me as a manager. So I'm definitely trying to get rid of him, um, especially they go into a cover two shell. See, we're, we're on opposite ends of this because you're, you're selling because of this rough little stretch coming up, which is why I think you hold because he's got the toughest part of his schedule before the bye. So he had the Chargers week two, which was supposed to have a much better defense and a young offense. So, you know, that game was as good as everyone thought it was going to be. And he still scored 17 points. He's got Indy next week, who I feel like is a very beatable matchup without their defensive superstar. That's a great matchup. Yeah. He's got Tampa, which is going to be tough. He's got Las Vegas, which I think could be tough, but it could be shootout. Buffalo, tough. San Francisco, tough. But then you got to buy, and when you come out to buy, you have Tennessee, Jacksonville. You have the Chargers again. What type, the, of, sh- what the, type of shape is your team in at this point? Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna still. That's what I'm saying. That's why you hold him. He's the QB six right now. Dude. So if you get through this part of their schedule and he's still sitting at QB six, that's not bad. Kagan. There are a lot of people out here that are 0-2 with Patrick Mahomes on their team. 
Oh, well, yeah. I mean, if you're 0-2, hold on, Tom Allen, if you're 0-2, but we're not talking about the whole team. We're talking about Pat Mahomes. How about about this? Here I am. You're 1-1 in our league, correct? No, I am 0-2. Oh, you being 0-2. I was the third highest score week one and lost. All right, as an 0-2 manager, you see this is coming up. And week eight is a bye. So that's one, two, three, four, five weeks where uh, say he goes two and two and performs decent at one and one. Are you still holding on to Patrick Mahomes? If he's on my team that I have currently right now, am I holding on to him? Yeah. Yes. Yes. He can win or lose a matchup for you like that. I don't have anyone else on my team that can do that. So why would I sell that? Unless I'm getting surefire, but like that's what I'm saying. I don't think you're gonna get that. Like, because the people who are selling him, they're like, if you're if you're selling him, you think you're getting like such a good return because he just scored real low. But like, what's that return look like? What's, See, what's that return look like? What's the running back that you were selling for? Because you have Michael Carter as your second running back. Yeah, I mean. For me, in order to sell Mahomes, I would like, I would have to get like a Jonathan Taylor or somebody, and you're not going to get that. No, like, you're, there's you're no not, way, not a single quarterback league. You're not going to get that. But like, that's what you would need because why would I trade him and get like, you know, you just said like Michael Carter's my number two running back. Why would I trade him and get like a Leonard Fournette or like a David Montgomery? You know, they're not going to win a matchup for me. I think an Aaron Jones would be a, be a okay. solid. Okay, but you say, you say that. All right, so you just said – I'm going to throw some numbers out. All right, I'm looking – most of our people are just playing PPR, right? They're not playing our crazy scoring. They're playing PPR. So on PPR right now, Aaron Jones is the number four running back. Jonathan Taylor is the number nine running back. So you're telling me you trade him for Aaron Jones, but you wouldn't trade him for Jonathan Taylor? No, knowing, not trade him knowing that Aaron Jones is basically wide receiver one in Green Bay, but Aaron Jones is in a timeshare. He is, but uh, he's given, and I, Jonathan Taylor is a nobody's going to give up a number one running back. Oh, I um, agree. I mean, I agree, and that's and that's what I'm saying. That's why it's so hard to trade someone like Mahomes because. Mahomes, even in a lot of one QB leagues, was going in like the second or first round. All right, I'm going to throw out some quarterbacks. We'll see who you like more. All right. Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes? Fantasy. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. All right. Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes? Justin Herbert. Jalen Hurts or Patrick Mahomes? Jalen Hurts in our scoring. Because of the rushing upside? Because of the rushing upside. I think I would still go Patrick Mahomes in a regular PPR. Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson? Lamar Jackson. Because of the rushing upside? Yeah. Again. How about? I, I think I'd probably still go Lamar Jackson even in, even in regular PPR. In regular? Yeah. I, I just – I think even he's – He's their goal line running back also. You know, Pat Mahomes isn't getting the rushing stuff that – I mean, even if we don't get points for carry, like, he's still getting the yards. You know what I mean? Carson Wentz or Patrick Mahomes? Pat Mahomes. You don't trust Carson Wentz? Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely right. not. Those are a too easy for you. Yeah. Uh, but you're holding. I'm selling. But you kind of sold me on holding him. Um, but for the sake of this conversation, I'm going to be selling him because uh, <laughs> I can stream a quarterback. Najee Harris. Oh, wait. Go ahead. No, I, I mean, I am I am all for streaming a quarterback. I just think, like, I've been in too many matchups against Patrick Mahomes where, like, my wide receivers and running backs totally demolish the other teams. And then my quarterback puts up, like, the, 15 to 20, which is pretty good. I mean, that's not terrible. And, that's true. you know, a regular PBR format. And then Mahomes drops like 40, and I lose by like 
four points. And I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, you know, I've just been beat by him too much to know that, like, he's a game changer. And, like, there's not many people out there that are like that at the position group that I would trade him for. And the ones that are are like the Jonathan Taylors, the guys you're not going to get. Like, you're not going to get that for him. So that's right. why I would say hold. He's just too hard to make a deal for. I agree. When it comes to Najee Harris, you're going to be buying, selling, or holding? Uh, I would be selling. Why um, are you selling Najee? So, I, you know, I'm really concerned <laughs> with that offensive line. It hasn't looked great. He's done enough to be, you know, running back uh, seven. Yeah, RB7 in PPR. Um, but I just I don't ha- – he hasn't looked great. Uh, I think his volume alone is really what's keeping him up there. And as they get into some of the tougher stretches of their schedule and, you know, even once they start playing picket, which is going to happen – uh, I think it's going to be even a little tough, even a little more tougher for him, man, because they're going to continue to try to focus on him. But you know, he's got a matchup against Buffalo coming up. He's got a matchup against Tampa coming up. He's got a matchup against Miami, and then you know, doesn't get any easier. He's going to have Indy probably with their best player back, Baltimore, Las Vegas, New Orleans, great defense. Like he's just got some tough matchups coming, and you know, I mean. 23 yards. It is average 2.3 yards per carry. 3.3 yards per carry. 3.7 yards per carry. <laughs> so in 10 carries, he has 23 yards. That's, yeah. that's horrible. Um, I mean, let's just look at like, okay, week one, you take away his receiving touchdown. He scores four points. And this is, this is, you know, PPR, not our setup. Our setup is obviously a little different. Right. PPR, you take away the touchdown. He had a receiving touchdown, two catches for three yards and a touchdown. You take away that touchdown, he scores 4.6 points. Okay. So touchdown saves in week one. Week two, he has 15 carries, 49 yards. He has five catches for 40 yards. So being a receiver saved him that week. He got nine points right there. Mm-hmm. You take away those nine, he's at 13. So nine minus 13, you're looking at four points again. <laughs> okay. And then week three against Cleveland, 15 carries, 56 yards, and a touchdown, and three catches for five yards for 13 points. So it's tough. Again, you take away that touchdown, he's sitting at like seven points. Like he's going to be very touchdown dependent, is what I'm getting at here. And I just don't think that's going to be a realistic possibility all season for the Steelers. I mean, I don't, their offense doesn't look good unless the defense gets them some turnovers on like plus territory and he can break one. It's going to be tough for him. That's true. And um, I, I, I'm also selling him and I have nothing to add other than the one thing that Bill Belichick has taught me. Um, if you limp into the season, you're going to be limping out of the season. Yep. And uh, him coming in banged up with a Liz Frank injury it scares me away from him. Um, I know it was like a five, five week, five to six week uh, return uh, yep. healing process for the time period, for the timetable, and that was back uh, during training camp. But after seeing him get landed on a week ago, I, I just don't want any parts of uh, of Harris. And, and the schedule speaks for itself. It's too tough. Uh, they'll be playing from behind a good bit. So he's going to be getting a lot of those targets. But what's the use of the targets to the QB? He can't complete the passes from his back. Right. So it's going to be tough. Dalvin Cook, what are you doing with him? Uh, I'm buying. I'm buying Dalvin Cook. Uh, you know, I think I think this Minnesota offense has been like, it's been weird through the first few weeks. Uh, I mean, Adam Thielen is virtually non-existent on the field. Kirk Cousins is throwing like thirty plus times a game. <laughs> it's too, too much you know, for him, right? Yeah, he threw thirty-two passes week one against Green Bay, forty-six against 
Philly. They got Detroit coming up. They got New Orleans coming up. They got Chicago coming up. I think that's three games that they're going to have to kind of get back to some sort of balance on offense. And I think that's going to start with uh, Dalvin Cook. I mean, he's he's the second best playmaker on that team behind Justin Jefferson. So I think you got to get him the ball. I think the 20 carries the first week was probably a little high for him. I think that's how many he finished with the first week. And then I think he finished with like, I don't even think he barely broke double digits. I think the second week possibly, uh, it was weird. Yeah. He didn't, he had six carries in week two. Like that's unheard of. Like, why are you, why is he only getting six carries? Especially for Bell Cow. Yeah. Like, so I'm buying. I think, uh, I think he's got better days ahead of him. Uh, he still looks good as a runner. Uh, you know, last week he didn't, but I think game script had a lot to do with that. So if someone's trying to sell him and you can get some stuff real cheap for him or sell him, buy him for some cheap stuff, I'm, I'm definitely buying. That I'm good. selling. Uh, uh, the biggest reason is the offense. But what are you going to get out of him after that week two performance? <laughs> That's true. But you, you just got that's why you buy him. That's why you're buying him. He's coming off a low, no. and everyone is like, man, that offense, there's no way Thielen goes through a whole season with, like, five catches. I mean, come on. Dude, that, I, that offense is going to find some balance. I'll buy the dip on certain guys, like Antonio Gibson, but I am not buying the dip on Dalvin Cook. Um, <laughs> in, in regards to Dynasty, he's getting too old. In redraft, I can't wait for them to figure out this blocking scheme. Um, so – the new one is a gap blocking scheme, which creates holes with your offensive lineman. Zone blocking uses leverage to create lanes, and that's why Dalvin Cook was so successful in the past. Uh, he he ran through open lanes. He didn't have to find a hole. Um, things kind of developed right before, and I don't think he has the type of burst anymore to just hit a hole and bang it out like he did back in the day. So if I'm the Vikings, I am real life selling him to a place like Miami or Atlanta who effectively does a solid zone blocking. Uh, it's just, yeah, you, you drafted Dalvin Cook too high to be getting what you're getting out of him. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's only I see that three. part. I definitely see that part of it. But I, I don't think you sell him. Because there's nothing to sell him for. Got it. Right. It's it, – you know, I mean, uh, if we were selling him after week one when he had a really good game, sure. But right now, like, I don't know. I think I'm 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 trying to buy him right now. Because you you want some type of return on investment for that high draft capital you spent on him, right? Me, I'm going to get what I can right now. I'll figure <laughs> it out in a couple of weeks. Oh, All right, man. let's talk. Uh, let's talk. Let's stay with the running backs. Let's go, Derrick Henry. Um. All right, so I have two. I'm. He's a sale in dynasty and a hold in redraft. Okay. Uh, so in dynasty, he's too old for me to keep carrying or have as my RB one. So I'm selling him from from that standpoint. Um, okay. If you can wait until week five, which is uh, I think. The Commanders, no. there he's gonna have. He should have a good game. And Derrick Henry is one of those guys who always gets off to a slow start. Uh, we didn't notice it beforehand because they made big plays, getting them moving the ball downfield, getting him into the red zone. So he ate up a lot of those touchdown red zone opportunities that no. were so high value. They're no. not moving the ball as well this year, so you're not seeing them as much. So if he so. In a t- with a team in my position, I have uh, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt. Uh, I have like maybe one more. Naeem Hines is my running back. Mm-hmm. I, would be, I would be willing to sell a Mike Williams or a Derrick Henry. Um, it, that's if – who has him? Clint? Clint. Yeah, never mind. So this is theoretically speaking. <laughs> in most it's, cases. It's really not. I was – 
Uh oh. I was extremely close to getting him two days ago. We're waiting for baseball. Yeah. And I I think I think if he was not mad at me okay, first of all, let me answer the question. (laughs) I am selling Derrick Henry and in redraft and dynasty, uh, which is going to be counteractive to what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> but I'm selling him in re- I'm selling him in dynasty for the exact same reasons you said. He, he's old, and uh, you know it's time to start finding some pressure legs in dynasty. Uh, I'm selling him in redraft because I I don't see anything out of that offense and. They just lost their best offensive lineman for the season. Taylor mm-hmm. Luan is out for the season. And they're already struggling to get a push on that line. He averaged like 1.9 yards per carry against Buffalo, which I get is a tough matchup. But still, even the first week when he had 82 yards, it came on 21 carries. I think that was like three yards per carry or something like that. You know, so I'm, I'm selling because I don't see that line improving very much. And honestly, Tannehill has no, like, weapons. Like, this is back to early Derrick Henry days before they had A.J. Brown. Like, (laughs) there's no body to guard outside. So he's going to see stacked boxes all year. And he's coming off an injury. So I'm selling him. And to my other point, I was trying to buy him (laughs) in in our league because – Keep in mind, for our listeners, in our league, we get half a point per carry. So even though he's going to not get very much on those carries, in my right. opinion, going forward, he's going to get the carry. So like that makes him a viable RB2 in our league when I already have Nick Chubb. And we just talked about my RB2 being Michael Carter, who's working his way towards a complete timeshare, if not a complete takeover from rookie Brees Hall. So... Um, you know, I'm concerned with my RB2. So if I can get Derrick Henry as my RB2, I'm buying it if it's for the right price. But, I, you know, I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm selling. Uh, but so Clint texts me. <laughs> well, no, I text. Did you see he switched in our league? He switched Derrick Henry to likely to trade. Did I did see too. That? Okay. Yes. So when I saw that, I was like, okay. Let's let's bite. Let's see what happens. Let's bite. And I don't have much depth on my team, but what I do have depth in, I feel like, is is receiver. So I was like, hmm, let's see what he says. So I text him. And and Clint, one thing, Clint, shout out to you because that is so helpful when it comes to facilitating trades. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) So uh, he's – He's a diehard Alabama fan, so I'm like, what am I going to, you know, and Derrick Henry was, he went number one overall in our draft over Jonathan Taylor. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's going to take a lot. So I send him a trade. Uh, well, I just text him and I say, hey, you know, what's it going to be? What's the price going to be for Derrick Henry? And I get a response. I'm not talking to you this week because <laughs> we are playing each other in fantasy baseball playoffs. And I'm like, okay, come on. But really. Killing him. <laughs> yeah, I'm killing him. And I'm like, we're talking football, not baseball. So he won't respond. So I go to a group message with his wife and my wife and some of our friends. And uh, I try to force him to talk to me <laughs> in there. And he leaves the message group as soon as I send a message. <laughs> like literally will not talk to me. So then he texts me and he's like, we'll talk after this week. So I'm like, okay, I'm on hold. But the more I sit there, I'm like, the longer he sits on this, the more like, like the least likely I'm going to get him. The more he sits on it, the more the homer's going to come out of him and he's going to be like, I'm not trading Henry. Or he's going to want something ridiculous. So he was like, send me some offers and I'll look at him when I get off work. So I'm like, okay. I'm like, just looking at my team, what do you want? And he was like, I would want Jamar Chase or Michael Carter. Or or Michael Carter. That would be like two of the pieces he wants in a trade. And so, but when I read that, I read it as Jamar Chase and Michael Carter. And I'm like, dude, Derrick Henry's not even playing good enough to have 
<laughs> Jamar Chase straight up. Like, I'm not giving you Jamar Chase and Michael Carter. And he's like, no, no, no. I would just want one of those two in whatever package. So I'm like, okay. So I'm like, I'm going to send you a couple. So I send him Michael Carter. And Pitts. Jarvis Landry and Kyle Pitts. Because I'm like, okay, Michael Carter, he's going to be able to slide into his running back slot. Right. And he'll be able to play Pitts in his flex or, you know, Landry sometimes. He's not going to play him every week, obviously. Uh, but, I mean, to me, that's three players for Derrick Henry. And his team is pretty – I'm, I'm going to pull up his team right now so I can kind of see who he has. But I remember thinking to myself, like, this is going to help his team. This, I mean, this is truly going to help his team. Uh, and he responds with, instead of Landry, can I get Chase Edmonds? And I'm still, I'm still ready to bite. I'm like, heck yeah, you're going to have Chase Edmonds, you know? <laughs> so uh, I send it over. So for our listeners, his running backs are Derek Henry, mm-hmm. Daryl Henderson, Zeke, Jamal Williams, Jamal Williams, and he's got Dante Foreman on his bench. But okay, you can drop him definitely. Right for our listeners, I mean, Jamal Williams has been a solid flex player for him. He scored twenty and twelve in our scoring. Zeke, as bad as he is, he got him kind of late, and he scored eleven and thirteen, which is pretty decent for you know playing four running backs, which is what he's doing. Right. And so, but his receivers, he's got Cooper, who had a big game this week. But before that, it was like, yeah, Tyler Lockett, yeah, your boy Gino can't get on the ball. He's got Mike Evans suspended. Juju, who's not doing much. Gage, who's not doing much. I was like, hmm. He could, you know, he'd be taking out Henry, but he's going to play Carter in Henry's spot. Mm -hmm. And then he can play Pitts in one of his flex spots very easily going forward is my thought process. And and he's Pitts, so I'm thinking, like, someone's going to bite on Kyle Pitts, you know? <laughs> no one's biting on Kyle Pitts. <laughs> but, uh, so anyway, I was like, heck yeah, I'll swap out Landry for Edmonds. And in my head, I'm like, I'm about, this is like highway robbery. I'm about to have Derrick Henry as my RB2 with Nick Chubb. That's scary. Like, this is going to be great. And he texted me at like 9 o'clock that night. He said, I think I'm just going to hold on to Henry. He said, I think he's going to get better. And I was like, sure. He's definitely going to. Back to the drawing board, which was to Justin. And it was a knock, knock. Hey, are Josh Jacobs or David Montgomery available? (laughs) And he said, is Montgomery available? Uh, he said he'd look at my team and get back with me tomorrow okay, morning. Okay, okay. So he's going to look and see. So, which kind of segues into one of the players on our list because we have Kyle Pitts on our list. We do. For buy-seller trade. And How you I, feel think, about him? I think in Dynasty, you're buying. Absolutely. I think in redraft leagues, real redraft leagues, you're buying. In our league, you're selling. And for those listening, a normal redraft league, you're playing a tight end slot. In our league, we do not. We have a 14 team. So we got rid of the tight end slot to help add some value uh, because they're not 14 consistently good tight ends to play every week. So if you choose a tight end, so be it. I was one of those who chose a tight end. <laughs> and they have to live and, with it. <laughs> and I have to live with it because it's so hard. Like when you don't have to play that tight end, it's hard to it's hard for someone to understand the value. And especially when it's Kyle Pitts who came off two back to back three point score scoring games. So like no one's gonna buy him when they can be like, Oh, I'll just play a wide receiver in my flex and I can get at least seven points, you know, or I'll play a running back and get you know, seven points just on carry. So it's been really hard to sell him in our league. And I did not think of that. You know, I really didn't think about that when I drafted him. I was just like, hey, he's going to be a top tight end. He's basically wide receiver one in Atlanta. Right. Which has not been the case through two weeks. 
and, and I haven't been a week. <laughs> right. And now that that's not the case and I'm freaking out and I'm trying to sell them, I can't sell them because <laughs> we don't, because the value, the, there isn't, there's no value at the position. Right. Uh, in our league. But uh, he's a sell, in my opinion. And, and this is all, he's a sell in redraft just because Drake London seems like he's the man. Pitts has fallen outside of the top 10 of, target share amongst his position of tight ends. If he doesn't look good this week, please cut bait. You got it. So, so this is why I'm buying. So I do watch my Falcons pretty closely. Okay. And right now he is truly getting the defensive focus. You know, he's getting, if he's lined up in, he's getting chipped at the line by a defensive lineman. He's got a linebacker in front of him, a safety on the back of him. Uh, he really, truly is getting all the focus in that offense right now. And what I like from London is that he's proven that, like, he, he's proven he's not just a rookie receiver. Like, you got to pay attention to this dude. Uh, so I think that's going to help Pitts out. Like, that's going to help open some things up for Pitts. Um, you know, I'm listening to the press conferences and I'm watching the Falcons beat writers and I'm listening to the fans. I mean, everyone is calling for Pitts to get more involved. Uh, and I think you have to get Pitts more involved. So I think as London continues to develop, it's going to open some things up for Pitts. Uh, so I, I, that's why I would buy in most redraft leagues where you have to play a tight end for the right price, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and if you can get that, I think he's got way better days ahead of him. And they're coming. You know, they're coming. So I think, you know, and I saw week one, Mariota overthrew him by hair. Would have been like a 20-yard gain. Overthrew him again on the sideline. Would have been like a 15, 20-yard gain. Uh, you know, week two, uh, he had a 10-yard pass called back. Uh, he had a couple red zone targets. I like what they're doing with him. They're trying to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. But it, it's he's really the focal point of defenses right now because we really don't have a running game. I mean, Patterson had a really good week one against the New Orleans, but he really didn't do much on the ground last week. So everyone knows if we drop back, we're trying to pass the Kyle Pitts. Or now Drake London is starting to get that attention. So. I think goodbye. I will say this. If you sell him, it better be for a deal like Ashton just dealt in her other (laughs) (laughs) She, after week one, she was able to trade Kyle Pitts for Jalen Waddell and Kenneth Walker. And I was like, do it. Do it Ridiculous, yeah. (laughs) Because she has Travis Kelsey also in that league. Right. He was, you know, Pitts was sitting on her bench. He was her backup tight end for about a week. I was like, you can find the tight end later. Do it. Do it now. (laughs) Yeah, you you never worry about five weeks in week one, two, three, and four. Like yeah. those are they'll figure themselves out. Yeah, with them being the number three, the consensus number three tight end, it's tough to to hold on to a guy like this. Yeah, I I am what have you done for me lately? Type of owner. Yeah, um, but and I, I, I mean, what are you what are you going to get though at the tight end true. position from him? Like, and that's what I'm saying. Like in our league. For sure, you're selling him if you can get any kind of good return on him. But like in a league where you have to play a tight end, I think you're buying. If you don't have him, you're buying. If you have him, you're holding. He he's got better. I'm actually playing him this week in our league. Uh, I mean, I I think he's gonna have a good week this week. He should. Um, but this week yeah, should be a good one. He should. <laughs> right, he should. But. Um, you know, I think I think you gotta buy if you have the opportunity for the right price because he's gonna get more involved. He can't continue to have, you know, four targets a game or however many he's had so far. It, I think he had seven. So he had seven week one. That's the two overthrows that I was talking about. Two mm-hmm. of those were overthrows. Uh, and then he only had three week two, and that's because Jalen he had Jalen Ramsey on his back hip most of the time. So, I'm not uh, I'm not too concerned with him. I think he's got better days ahead. I, I think we, I think you guys may be missing overusing him in the slot. 
and you need to get them tighter to the line where linebackers are and create those mismatches. I don't see them lined up along the line as oh, often. I agree. I and agree. I, and just in, to get some type of rhythm. And, so, uh, last year, I, I wish I could find the stat. I looked for it again. Last year, I think he played like, I forgot how many snaps it was. It was like hundreds. Uh, but only like 80-something of his, like I think it was like 700 snaps. Only like 80-something of them were at inline tight end. Like 400 and something of them were in the slot. And then the other like couple hundred, like 100 and something or so were out wide. And I agree with you. Like I think he's got to get in line more, especially now. Like last year it was working because you had Calvin Ridley out there and you had some guys – Russell Gage, who could kind of take some – not that Russell Gage is like a threat, but, I mean, he was a good receiver for us. And, and so you had to kind of respect what they had out there. Mm-hmm. So he was getting a lot of those mismatches where linebackers got to shift out. Well, like this year, people were just like, okay, I don't have to worry about whoever you line up in line with my linebacker. I'm just going to put my corner on Kyle Pitts. And, like, it's helping, like – defense is out because you have that speed right there with him at the beginning and you have your back help over the safety and when you have Marcus Mariota as your quarterback you're not really worried about someone like Pat Mahomes threading a needle or something you know what I mean (laughs) so I don't know I think it's a combination of both but I've liked what I've seen from Mariota I've liked what I've seen from the offense I I do think they have to get him involved uh, more so I like him going forward all right, last but not least, Cam. It's going to be Christian Kirk. I almost said Cam Kirk, the photographer. Christian Kirk, man. What are, you, <laughs> what are you doing with him? I'm selling. Selling. Seriously, why? I, I don't think he can maintain those numbers uh, just because I don't think the Jags can maintain their offensive success. Uh, what offensive success they've had, I would say. But, yeah, I don't. I don't see it happening. I am buying. Oh. Okay. But that's because I'm all about the volume, dog. Yeah, he, he's he, definitely getting the volume. He is getting the volume. Um, Marvin Jones is being phased out. Zay Jones is a nice secondary piece um, from a value standpoint. But Cam Kirk, like Christian Kirk, I am. Bye, bye, <laughs> bye, bye, bye. I could care less about his matchups and more about his opportunities and game script. A lot of them is going to be negative game scripts, so there's going to be a lot of passing. And uh, bad teams can't really sustain very many uh, fantasy-relevant guys. Kirk is going to be one of the only fantasy-relevant guys outside of Lawrence. But do you remember when uh, Terry McLaurin first burst onto the scene playing with a horrible team? Man. And he was still always a wide receiver one? That's yeah. what I expect out of Kirk. I don't know. So, I mean, he had six targets week two, 12 week one. Right. 12 was a stretch, I thought. Uh, What? You think so? I think 12 was a stretch. Uh, And he only caught six of those 12. And then he caught all six of his targets last week, which I don't think is also – I think that's also a stretch. But one thing I like that I've seen an increase in in that offense is week one, he had 12 targets. Evan Ingram had four. Week two, he had six targets. Evan Ingram had eight. Lawrence is about to be checked down king to Evan Ingram. And James, so. and James Robinson. <laughs> like, <laughs> and ETN. So, I, you know, I don't think – I think as they get into some of these better games, uh, I mean, you got to look at who they played the first two weeks. They had Washington week one. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's scared of their defense or their team right now. And Indianapolis without, uh, without Shaq Leonard. So, you know, he's got the Chargers coming up who have a pretty good defense. Yeah. A pretty good defense. I didn't say great. They're, they're not, they're figuring some things out, but they got some talent on that defense. That's fair. JC Jackson in the secondary. Like, come on. He's a respectable corner. And Christian Kirk is your number one receiver. So, <laughs> I don't, you know. Uh, Philly, his defense has been pretty good so far. 
Houston should be a good matchup for him. Indy, this would be great. The Giants all should be good matchups. Giants for a good matchup. Denver, Denver could be tough for him. Uh, I think Denver's, Denver's defense will start to figure things out by then. I just I don't know. I don't see him being a threat. Like I, I think he's gonna be just like he was in Arizona. He's gonna have a few big splashes, and then he's gonna be disappearing for a few weeks. All right. So given given where he was drafted early in the year, I think he was like around let's see, wide receiver thirty nine, overall one hundred. That's where he was being picked up all off season. He is wide receiver fifteen, I believe. And mm, and what for the season? PPR, yeah, in the season. Oh no, he's much higher than that. He's eight. He's wide receiver eight. eight. Wide receiver eight. So you're getting wide receiver one value from wide receiver three draft spot. That's yeah, why. I, that's why I want to buy that. The, but I want to sell that because he's not going to stay there. So I'm looking at guys. Yes, he does. No, no, he's not. I'm looking at guys who he's – okay, I'm not going to say no, he's not. Because <laughs> this is both of our opinions. But <laughs> in my opinion, he is yeah. not going to stay there because he's got guys like Jamar Chase behind him right now who had a quiet week too. He's got guys like Devontae Adams behind him who also had a quiet week too. He's got – A.J. Brown behind him, who also had a quiet week, too. Okay, like, okay. I, I mean, you know, he's got – I mean, I just – that's three more guys that should realistically be ahead of him by a couple weeks in, in my opinion. Uh, Michael Thomas, who's playing pretty dang good right now for New Orleans, looks like the old Michael Thomas possibly could be moving up ahead of him. I'm just looking at the guys that are currently right behind him and a little ways behind him. Mike Evans suspended for half of a game plus a whole nother game. <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, Michael Pittman who missed the game. I mean, these are all guys I'm expecting to finish ahead of him. Terry McLaurin. All right, let's see. You know, all Amari those guys Cooper. are currently sitting behind him right now. You expect Amari Cooper to finish ahead of him? Uh, Yes. I don't expect Amari Cooper to finish where he's at right now, which is wide receiver one six. Six, yeah. But as always, guys, I appreciate you guys checking in with us. And until next time, man, take it easy. This is Deontay and Kagan, Real Talk Sports. Peace.